This podcast is sponsored by Digital Defense. Did you know a cyber attack occurs every 39 seconds? Between these constant threats and increased compliance demands for credit unions, your IT personnel have a lot on their plates. For more than 20 years, Digital Defense has been helping credit unions simplify cybersecurity and protect member data. Visit digitaldefense.com to learn more about their easy-to-use solutions and exceptional support staff. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Of all the tests credit unions have faced during the COVID-19 pandemic, the continued threat of phishing has proven to be an insidious and evolving challenge. Fraudsters have leveraged the pandemic environment in many ways, in order to target credit union systems and staff. Unfortunately for those attackers, credit unions have a wealth of knowledge, training, and tools that they can use to deter phishing and stay ahead of fraud trends. I'm Casey Mishlevy, Deputy Editor with CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, I speak with Ming Lim, Vice President of Product Management at Digital Defense. Lim outlines the latest phishing trends credit unions should know about shares strategies for training employees to avoid threats, and explains how we can expect phishing attacks to evolve in the future. Ming, we're seeing a lot of really interesting trends, I think, over the last 18 months in light of the pandemic and some of the economic challenges that we've been facing. So very interesting trends in regard to all kinds of fraud, but particularly phishing, which continues to be a thorn in credit union sides as it has been for a while. I'm wondering if you could talk us through what kinds of trends are out there this year in 2021 regarding phishing attacks and what might be looking different now than before. Absolutely. We actually are seeing a number of trends come about as a result of pandemic. The first one really is that more mediums are being leveraged for phishing. It's no longer just email. Many of your listeners may be familiar or may have heard of smishing and farming and whaling and BEC, business email compromise. These are all methods of phishing and various attack methodologies that are being leveraged by the malicious actors. So it's not just a simple, you know, malicious link in an email anymore. They're targeting you on social media. They're also targeting you via your cell phone and smart devices via text message as well. So it just makes for a larger attack surface and users just have to be more aware of everything that they are being exposed to and everything that they're clicking or potentially tapping as well. Attackers are also using more multi-pronged and diverse attack methods. So not only are they leveraging social media, traditional phishing mechanisms, it's typically a multi-stage process. The number one capture or target for a phishing attack is credentials. And those credentials that they're able to capture are then able to allow them to leverage and use in the next stages of the attack, right? So often we find that phishing is just step one of a multi-stage attack. 
attackers are also using a lot more recon data, reconnaissance data about their targets. So again, we bring in that social media, understanding the target a little bit more. A lot of times, if they're organizations that are being targeted, they've done their research and know whether the organization has cyber liability insurance and what amount of ransom the organization is capable of paying out. So as a result of that, we're seeing ransoms go up when the phishing engagement, the malware that's being pushed is also ransomware. And then lastly, we're also seeing a rise in spear phishing specifically. So spear phishing is just a method of phishing that's very targeted. Again, leveraging the social media content that they've identified during the reconnaissance phase, targeting it to the users, the employees that are now working remote. Because of pandemic and the work from home environment that many organizations are still experiencing, our digital communications have become our primary method of getting in touch with each other. As a result, we're seeing the malicious attackers leverage in emails, very targeted subject lines that are using relevant current events to make the email or you know the attack that much more attractive for their victim, basically, right? You'll see things like changes to your health benefit. That's something that's very important to everybody. And so when you see that headline, that subject line, it makes you much more wanting or willing to click on that link, open that email or or the document that may be attached. So it just makes it much more difficult to identify phishing these days. They're just becoming more sophisticated. You make a great point about remote work and just the total upheaval that this pandemic has caused. In addition to seeing fraudulent actors taking advantage of people working remotely, we've also seen a lot of fraud around PPP loans, for example. We've had some credit unions that were participating in that. Just with a lot of the new programs that have rolled out during the pandemic from the federal government, I think there's just a lot more opportunity for fraudulent messaging there, too. How has fraud messaging evolved in response to the pandemic, I guess specifically around playing on the emotions or stress that the pandemic has caused? There's so much misinformation. There's a big discussion going on around all of the social media platforms today and the impact that it has not only on our younger population, but the population as a whole and the influence that those platforms can impact, right? And what we've seen is that attackers are using that, are leveraging that, unfortunately for us, because it gets intermixed with all of the other information that we're being bombarded by. And there's been a lot of uncertainty as a result of pandemic. You have a lot of different views, you have a lot of different sources pushing information, some more accurate, some not as accurate, some that can be very misleading. And so it's very difficult to parse through all of that. On top of this, we have you know a new administration in place that's trying to rebuild our economy. And so there are a lot of programs and there's, again, very much uncertainty around. So as individuals, we want to try to explore that information, understand what's going on whether at the individual level as well as at at an organizational level. The information can be very different depending on where you read the information, where you get that from. And so the malicious attackers have been leveraging that. We see, especially on the social media side at the individual level, 
you know, you referenced the PPP loans for a lot of the individuals, it's been the child tax credits and those types of payments. And so what we see a lot of on on social media is, you know, just a post from some random person in a community or a group that you may be part of saying, hey, have you gotten your $750 or $1,000 or what have you? And, you know, here, click this link, you can get yours now, check and see if you've gotten yours or if yours has been sent. And that will ask for information that you'll probably enter because, hey, I want to know if I got $1,000, right? It's preying on all of our uncertainty right now and preying on our trust, which is a terrible thing to do. But that's how the attackers are getting to us. And this is all an element of social engineering. As it relates to what you mentioned earlier with the PPP loans for a lot of organizations that were impacted by the pandemic, each individual at the organization is a potential attack vector for the credit union. And it's so important to remember that because one misclick could not only impact your personal finances, but also that of your organization. So we have to talk about ensuring that there are proper cyber hygiene practices in place for the individuals because of the environment that we're in right now, where the perimeter of the network that your security teams are responsible for are kind of disappearing because of this remote work that we're experiencing. The other thing that I think makes this uniquely challenging is just how quickly information is coming to us from mandates that will be put in place at the state and local level and the federal level, new information about the virus, new information about the precautions that need to be taken. It really is challenging, I think, to stay up to date with what the latest information and recommendations are. With that in mind, how should credit unions be staying as up-to-date as possible on these new threats and where they might be coming from? It absolutely is hard to keep up with all of the threats that are coming out on a daily basis. And again, with all the information and misinformation that's being tossed around out there, it's hard to figure out you know, what's legitimate and what isn't. My recommendation here is for credit unions to, one, use the resources that are available at CUNA cybersecurity groups, the fraud resources that are available to make sure that you're taking all of the steps needed there. Surprisingly, Reddit is a great resource. You wouldn't think so necessarily because there's a lot of nonsense content there as well, but Reddit can be a great resource for current attacks. And then if you're not part of a collaborative that is sharing information outside of CUNA, we know that there are a number of information sharing and security sharing sites through different industries. Make sure to participate in those because the only way that we can help stay ahead of and abreast of current attack scenarios and simulations are that we're sharing the information across organizations. If I'm experiencing something that then very likely an organization of my size and my vertical will be experiencing it soon as well. And so being able to share that information will help disseminate it much more quickly and enable organizations to prepare better. There is also an anti-phishing work group that has been, it's an international coalition that encourages organizations to submit phishing attempts to their organization for analysis and for cumulative reporting so that they can see what types, what trends are being identified, and if there are certain vulnerabilities that are being leveraged in the malware that's affiliated with the phishing attempts, they can kind of bring that to light for the industry as a whole. 
You made another really great point earlier, which is that any employee at the credit union can really be at risk now for being targeted as part of a phishing attack. What are some of the most effective ways for credit unions to educate staff about phishing attack methods and how to avoid them and what to do if they receive something that they think might be phishing? Training, 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 training. I cannot emphasize enough training. Now, training is not fun. For a lot of folks, it's very boring. It's not engaging. So the best way that the credit unions can make sure that their training is effective is to, one, make sure that it's very consumable. We're not asking for eight hours of training. We're asking for 10 minutes. Maybe it's weekly, maybe it's monthly, but something to keep it top of mind for the individuals and for the employees at the organization that must be easily consumed. So short, relevant content, they can keep it top of mind in conjunction with utilizing tools at the network level to filter out the obvious phishing attempts. That's critical, right? encouraging organizations or making it very easy for individuals to report phishing. If the individuals don't know how to report a potential phishing attack or a suspicious email, then that makes it more likely that they're going to click on something that they shouldn't have clicked. So incorporating that into your policies, procedures, into tools, and making that very visible and top of mind for your employees. And then making sure that you've got different methods. Everybody has a different learning style. So reading it isn't always the most effective. Making sure that during meetings, the last five minutes, the first five minutes, there's a comment about, hey, don't forget in this environment that we're in, we're all potential targets. It's not just the whaling targeting the C-level executives, right? It's everybody that's a potential victim. So just giving those reminders on a regular basis and making sure that it's not just once a year because that's just insufficient. Do you have any recommendations for specific tools or resources that credit unions could consider using to get this training in place? There are numerous tools and vendors available. There are a number of free resources that are also available that include newsletters, posters, little graphics that you can distribute as reminders and post in the hallways, put as your background in your video calls. So there's lots of tools that are available for free. And then there are a number of training vendors out there that have resources specific to phishing as well. I would also recommend that if you are doing training on a regular basis, that you run an audit, run a social engineering engagement with a company that can help you assess and analyze how effective that training is. Obviously, it's not something that you would announce to the employee population, but just to see and don't use those results in a punitive fashion. Use them to focus and target more additional training efforts and where you need to focus those efforts on. If it's a specific division of the organization or it might be on a specific topic because this phishing engagement and the analysis of how effective the training is, is all a part of the overall cybersecurity program that the credit union should be engaged in. And with fraudsters continuing, unfortunately, to adjust their tactics, What are some of the threats that we should be expecting in the future? It's a scary number, but experts are estimating that for the rest of 2021 into 2022, phishing and ransomware attacks will occur approximately every 11 seconds. So just in the duration of this conversation and this, you know, that we've been having, dozens of phishing attempts have already occurred. The good news is that 
because so many of these phishing engagements are part of a multi-step attack, there are additional opportunities for organizations to implement security applications and platforms to intervene, to intercept the attack. You know, it might be a matter of implementing um, malware sandbox, as an example, putting in content filtering for your organization to be able to filter out the most obvious things, right? Being able to disarm, if you will, or strip the malicious content or the malicious URLs in emails ahead of time. So I would highly recommend that organizations deploy anti-phishing technologies, email filtering technologies, post-delivery protection technologies to help minimize the number of phishing emails that might get through. As the phishing attacks become more sophisticated, they're going to be harder to detect. So continued training, making sure that employees keep cybersecurity top of mind, and also implementing a robust backup program, making sure that you have the appropriate backups and disaster recovery actions in place so that in the event that a phishing engagement or other malware gets tripped, you have a means to recover more easily. Finally, Ming, any words of encouragement for technology leaders as they strategize about how to kind of get their arms around all the pieces that need to be in place in order to that your technology infrastructure is appropriately built out? What words of encouragement can you provide technology leaders as they strategize about how to approach this? You guys are doing a great job. You really are. It may not feel like enough, but it is. And I say that because we've seen in studies that while the financial institutions and the financial industry, including the credit unions, are still one of the top targets of attack, they're not number one anymore. So that's great. And that is a piece of encouragement because that means that the financial industry, credit unions included, have taken the right steps to make it more difficult for attackers to attack them and to be successful there. So they've moved on to other targets. And unfortunately, we're finding that healthcare has become definitely a a primary target these days. And we're also seeing a lot more focus on that supply chain attack that we've seen more frequently. So other organizations affiliated with the credit union may be the source of the initial attack. So one thing that I would encourage the credit unions to do is to make sure that you're performing your due diligence on any third-party vendors that you're utilizing as well, because they might be inadvertently the reason that the credit union is engaged in a compromise of some type. So from that perspective, the credit unions, you guys, y'all are doing great. Keep up the great work and know that what you're doing is moving in the right direction. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Digital Defense. Since 1999, credit unions have trusted Digital Defense's expertise and technology to protect their business-critical networks from cyber attacks. Digital Defense provides powerful tools that strengthen and simplify your cybersecurity efforts so you can identify security gaps quickly and beat cyber attackers to the punch. 
Visit digitaldefense.com to see how they can help you protect your networks and applications so you can maintain member trust and confidence.